Week one of spring football is in the book. So who were the biggest winners for the Utes? And Utah women's basketball fell to LSU in the Sweet 16. We're talking about that and more on today's Locked on Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, at the time I just hit record, we are five subscribers away from a 1,000. So if you guys could like or subscribe to this and help us get over the hump, that would be much appreciated. My name is JT Wistel, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. On today's show, we're going to be talking all things Utah women's basketball as their season came to a close, unfortunately, a little bit on Utah gymnastics and the big week they have ahead. But we have to start with Utah spring ball. And in order to help us talk all things Utah Spring Ball is friend of the show and Ute Zone contributor Sammy Mora. Sammy, starting with the biggest winners, I think the first one I'm going to go with is Brandon Rose. I've heard a, there's been a lot of noise about Brandon Rose, but I think just seeing him out there, seeing him in person, seeing the throws, I think I believe it was he made the very first throw we've got when they finally let us in to see practice, finding Devon Vele in the corner of the end zone. Just a really nice throw. Also kind of an underrated winner just because like we know what Devon Vele is, but Devon Vele made like two or three just wow catches that just is kind of that reminder of why he is such a beast receiver. So I think Brandon Rose would be my main winner for the offense, though. Like I said, just I was so impressed with his accuracy and what he displayed. And I think the other guy I'll mention for a winner, if I'm looking at defense, is Justin Medlock. It was great to see him out there starting, flying around. You can tell he's gotten bigger physically. He looked very comfortable out there and, Look, we don't, Leavon Mooney will be added to this team later this summer so he can kind of get going in fall camp and get ramped up. But I think Justin Medlock might push him a little bit for that. And obviously, he's this will be his second year in the system. He feels very comfortable in it. And it was great to see him out there. But especially Medlock and Rose are kind of the two biggest winners that jump out to me. I know we only get to see the first 20 minutes of practice, but just even hearing the coaches talk about those guys, you can tell how encouraged they are about their progress. Yeah, I think you, I think all of the quarterbacks are a big Mm -hmm. winner in this situation. Like, yeah, obviously, like having Cam out, not out there for spring ball sucks big time. Um, But you're getting a lot, you're getting these guys a lot more experience. Like Nate Johnson, you got to remember, this is his first spring ball, like the he's Mm -hmm. been a part of. Like he came in last summer, so he hasn't been used to this whole spring process, but I think all of the quarterbacks are the big winners in this because they you're not splitting time with your ones. Like mm-hmm. they're not sharing time with Cam. Like they are out there to show why they should be the number 2 quarterback on this team. And I think they are all huge winners in that in mm-hmm. my opinion just because like Definitely. yeah, we saw 20 minutes of practice and the refs were kind of evenly distributed amongst yeah. uh Bryson Barnes, Nate Johnson, Brandon Rose and uh Luke uh book back i can never i can never pronounce his his last name correctly um but they were split between the three the four of them and so Mm -hmm. i think that um it's a good it's a good look that like and i obviously as we get later and later into spring ball like we will start to see like more of a separation of who is taking reps with who because mm-hmm. Nate for one series was taking reps with the ones, but then the next series he was taking reps with the twos. Yeah. So you just kind of, it's so early in on this spring ball thing. And you got to remember, we only get a view practice once a week as media during this session, this mm-hmm. season. Um, sorry, but I think um, the quarterbacks are a really big winner for me. Um, mm-hmm. I also think like, 
you got to be super impressed with what Spencer Fano is doing so far. Yeah. He was out there bodying guys on that mm -hmm. defensive line. And, like, yeah, of course he's a freshman and there's going to be some moments where he's not playing the greatest or he's having some lapses in judgment or just, like, growth growth troubles i want to say like just like he's it not like his, mm -hmm. yeah and it's also it's like it's his first year in the program a lot of people have said that ludwig's offense is so complex mm -hmm. and so like crazy that it's gonna it takes like a year or two for kids to start like mm -hmm. fully processing it yes. and i think that if we see fauno this season i think it's gonna be because he finally he like something like he just he hit the ground running. He already did. When you, we saw him measure in at what he measured in at, like, you know that this was going to be, like, he was here to play. And I think as spring develops, again, this is going to be one of those situations where you see development happening and you see guys earning more reps. Because, obviously, you are you, have, you lose Paul Miley to BYU, mm -hmm. and then you also lose Brandon Daniels to the draft. So there's two guys that are gone. And yeah, you had some guys step up in that center position when Paul went down, mainly Johnny Maia and Coley mm -hmm. Fianu, um, which again, I apologize if I pronounced Coley's last name wrong. Um, but those two stepped up big time and there wasn't a lot of drop off, but you still have the center position looming large. And then you also have replacing Brandon Daniels, which I think is a task that's easier said than done. Yes. Um, just based off what Braden meant to this offensive line mm -hmm. and what he was able to do. Um, that's something that I think is, is not very, it's not talked about a lot. It's not mentioned as much as it should be, but I think that he, whoever is going to fill in for that Braden Daniels like role, they have big shoes to fill. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You know, mm -hmm. we saw a lot of movement during spring ball about who was on that one that one offensive line so you know it's kind of hard to tell where people are going to be lining up you know you had jared Kump lining up at center mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of it's going to be interesting to see like what harding decides to do when that spring game rolls around and like whatever happens in the spring game at the same time probably won't be what happens during the regular season or during fall camp so because pieces are going to be kept being added pieces might leave after yes. spring ball. So you got to just remember and take it with a grain of salt when you're looking at spring ball and depth and stuff like that, because this is still very fluid. I think in my opinion, this whole roster, not whole roster. I think there's pieces that are like hundred percent locked in, but mm -hmm. I think there's guys down the depth chart that might reconsider. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. We just saw that waters. before with Clayton Isbell. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. the Clayton Isbell thing just came out of, left field mm -hmm. fully left field and i think that that's that's something else that's like a big looming thing is like who's going to take over for him because everyone was under the impression that he was going to be the dude this year and mm -hmm. kind of replace um i yeah, replace rj rj, RJ hubert, hubert yeah, yeah mm -hmm. sorry yeah rj replace rj and just get it going but obviously that's not happening so yeah, it is. It is interesting with the safety spots, especially because look, Nate Ritchie's not ready to go. That was one of the very interesting mm -hmm. things. Like Coach Witt is usually really tight-lipped about that kind of stuff, but someone asked him, and he spoke very openly about like, yeah, we're still just getting Nate back up to speed. You know, he, he served his mission. Like it just mission takes legs, as yeah, as, exactly. as they call it. He's got mission legs, and 1, so I think. Well, and also like Nate came home early. Like I think that that's something that shows how much he wants to get back out there. Oh yeah. But at the same time, he came back like beginning of the year, so. Mm -hmm. 
It's just, it's going to be interesting to see when he gets into shape. Like, I fully expect to see him back out there at some point during this spring ball camp, like spring, spring ball camp, this mm-hmm. spring camp. But yeah. I don't know, like, maybe we'll see it next week. Maybe we'll see it after that. And the thing is, is I don't think the defensive scheme has changed that much since he went on his no. mission. No, it hasn't. Yeah, it's been very. It's- so I think it's just going to be a lot of like re-reminding himself of what's going on it's more so um, physical than anything else i think it I think probably is it also it. probably is very much a physical aspect of this because you have those guys that go on missions who are able to make gyms in their their host families houses mm-hmm. or they're able to still work out and stuff but it's kind of dependent on like what each guy which eat what like hand each kid mm-hmm. was dealt yep. and so it's it's like I think everyone was really excited to see Nate back out there. I mean, I was really excited to see Nate back out there, but at the same time, you know, um, it's, it's, I'm not super concerned. That's no, my, that's my stance on this whole Nate Ritchie thing. Cause I know people were like up in arm, not up in arms where they're like, Oh, like, where's Nate? It's like, give him some time. Like he's getting acclimated. And as excited and- as we're getting about having football back, it's just spring. We need him to go to come fall. And that's a long way away from it's right now. It's just like, it's like, yeah, it's like football's back. So we can finally like have like something to talk about again. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like every single year you have to take spring football with a grain of salt. Oh, yes. There's always one or two guys that performs so well during spring camp. And then when you get to fall camp, they just have like fallen off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. So you need like, yeah, like, and this is, I think this spring is very much a spring for development of younger guys, mm-hmm. because this is a very veteran heavy team. It's a very upperclassman heavy team with a lot of guys that are potentially going to leave at the end of this season, this 2023 season. So I, in my opinion, this is a season of like getting these younger guys into the program getting them acclimated even some of the guys that have been in this program for a couple of years like getting them some more experience underneath their belts because you know that's never too bad like experience is not something that's wasted in the pac-12 especially with how dog eat dog it is and how self uh how we just eat each other alive in the pac-12 as people say that experience pays dividends when you are down a couple offensive linemen or you're down a couple wide receivers or you're down a couple corners or safeties or whatever, having those guys that have had those, had that practice experience and getting those, those reps is, is key. And like, yeah, I know people are going to be like, but game time experience is different. I know that. And that's the thing is I think Utah's going to have you some gotta games. You got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. And Utah's going to have some games where they're going to be in dead time, mm-hmm. where they're going to be in garbage time. And I would not be surprised if you see, whoever QB two is trotting out there on the field with the number two offensive line and the number two receiving group. And then like, you're just going to see the twos out there. And if it gets bad enough, you'll maybe even see the threes or the fours, depending on how yeah, like, when injuries take effect mm-hmm. injuries. And also how much, if, if Utah's up big and Kyle Whittingham pulls out his starters and he puts his second string in and his second string still scores a lot of points in this, the limited amount of time they're in then those threes are going to go in. And if the threes are scoring, like there's so there's only so much Kyle can do. He can't just kind of go up to the team and be like, okay, well time to stop scoring. Like that's not who Kyle Mm -hmm. Whittingham is. And I think that that's that's something else that like, just like needs to be like put Mm -hmm. out there is like, 
yeah, you're going to, some of these guys are going to get time, like dead, dead time, like garbage time. So. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. After the holidays we've gotten through, I know I'm still trying to keep up with my New Year's resolution. And what's allowed me to do that is to continue staying with Built Bar. They're healthy and it's actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it. These bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros and what's even better is they are healthy only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein and now you don't need to wait around to get a box for years we've talked about ordering your built bars at built.com now you can go ahead to your local sifts or sam's club and get them there that's right head to your nearest smith's or sam's club today and grab yourself a box of built bars or once again head to built.com to get in on those great deals from built bar also i want to talk to you guys about our friends at uccu it's the perfect time to open a low-rate home equity line of credit from UCCU. Over the time, over time, the value of your home goes up as you make payments. The balance you owe goes down. The space in between is equity, and it's yours. A UCCU home equity line of credit can put that equity to work for you, like finishing your basement or yard and raising your home's value, or paying off a higher interest loan and getting out of debt faster, or helping with college or weddings, or the peace of mind that just comes from knowing you have a low-rate line of credit ready for whatever, whenever. UCCU also provide you with your own, very own home equity visa card, giving you instant access to your equity. If you already have a home equity with another financial institution, just refinance with UCCU and save. To learn more or to start your application today, visit uccu.com or stop by any branch. UCCU, love where you bank. No, absolutely. And, and you said a lot there. So unpacking everything. First of all, I think CLB. Sorry, Fon I didn't know, say good. A lot. I wanted to recap like, everything because it was all really good. That's why I was saying I wanted to go back on a couple of things. First of all, on Spencer Fano, I think it's outstanding that he is already the backup right tackle. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. This quickly, the backup right tackle? I think that is insane. You mentioned the quarterbacks. I think I will add one caveat to the quarterback thing you mentioned. Everyone's a winner to me except for Bryson because they already talked about how they're going to give more reps to Nate Johnson and Brandon Rose than Bryson because they're just like, well, we know who Bryson is. And if I'm Bryson, I'm kind of like, well, dang, I want to kind of just go out there and continue to remind you like hey I, i'm mm -hmm. i beat out Jaquindon last year i want to beat these guys out again too so if i'm bryson i'm a little bit chapped that i'm not getting a little bit more of an opportunity there overall but yeah and i think the safety's back i'm really excited about uh sioni Vaki, seeing even more of him i think the coaches obviously are too and i think we'll eventually see nate richie get back up to that level too yeah. um and it's going to be really interesting to see over spring ball because as you said this is a nice opportunity for guys to make plays i think uh, um isaac vahi made a really nice catch or vaha excuse me made a nice catch over the middle of the field one time and he's the kind of guy i'm like it's pretty buried on the tight end depth chart but next year i think we could see more of him um two well, other vaha, i will add this vaha has had back-to-back -back seasons of like season ending injuries yes so it's like for him to be back out there and still pushing is like a win in and of itself, in my opinion, just because you, you know, when you have two back-to-back -back seasons of, of ending injuries, like there's like, like you could call it, be like, okay, well, mm -hmm. it's, the cards yeah. probably aren't in the favor, in my favor, yeah. but he's still out there and he's still pushing mm -hmm. and he's still trying. And he is, he is an absolute unit. Yes, he like, is. That's he, the one thing I'm reminded of spring football is you get close to these guys. You're like, there are so many units on this team oh, yeah. in general. And that's where I oh. talked about like Medlock's transformation. Um, you mentioned units actually, and this is kind of more of a different type of body, but like Miles Battle is just oh, yeah. corner. He's long. He was a guy who the one play we really saw him make, it was like a borderline pass interference on the outside. I remember a little bit, but he's just the kind of guy just looking at him. I'm, I'm excited to see him out there. And the other last winner I want to throw really quick before we get to our, before I re, uh, read a quick message from our sponsor is Jaquindon Jackson making that nice catch in the end zone. 
zone. There were a couple key passing plays he was in on when he first made the switch to running back, and he just didn't really look natural as a receiver, and he ran a wheel route, and it was just a beautiful throw. I forgot who made the throw off the top of my head right now, but either way, it was a great job by Jaquindon Hall and then the catch. So there's a lot of guys on the spring roster that's really exciting about, and it's going to be great because coming up this Tuesday, we get to view these guys in media practice once again. So it's going to be exciting to see how that pans out for this Utah football team. I know who threw the wheel route to JJ. Route. It was Luke Batari. It was Luke Batari. There you go. Yeah, that was yep. Luke Batari. That's why I was like, part of me thought it was Brandon maybe, but it definitely was Batari. It was a great throw. Too. It, was it was a just, great throw from Batari, which... It's just another reminder about how deep this Utah quarterback was. Well, also, there's like, no way he's getting in there. Ever. He's a really good transfer, too. He like, he's from like a, like a community college, but he is... He's good. He's going to be a nice... Spring, especially like... When you're talking about scout team reps and everything, I think that's, oh, yeah. that's going to be very useful because if you can make kind of the throws that he made on Jaquindon, that one in the end zone too, just not a lot of room for error. It's going to be a good look this team gets each week going forward. Unfortunately, oh, once Mac once, Howard, put Mac Howard in yes. the scout team bubble too. Definitely. Yeah. Mac Howard's definitely a guy who contribute on the scout team bubble. And it'll be interesting to see just how these guys do in the rest of spring ball. The quarterback battle will be defining spring camp. And we're going to continue to talk about, I should say the backup quarterback battle will be mm -hmm. defining spring camp. We're going to come back in a second and talk about the Utah women's basketball team who unfortunately had their season come to an end against LSU. But first I want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel. The tournament is heating up. We are down to the final four, which is absolutely crazy. And there is no better place to get on the action than FanDuel America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win just go to fanduelcom slash locked on and sign up today and claim your no sweat first bet then you can wager on everything from the money line to the point spread to which team will be cutting down the nets and once again that's coming up this weekend so make sure you guys head over to fanduel and get in on all the action the app is safe secure and super easy to use so don't miss your shot at the no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join fanduel today just go to fanduelcom slash locked on to sign up make every moment matter more with fanduel Sammy, the Utah women's basketball team has been an outstanding story this season. They've been a blast to cover and watch, and unfortunately, their season did come to an end in the Sweet 16. It was a great game. They took on LSU. It was a physical battle back and forth. There were tough calls both ways, and in the end, it just didn't end in the Utes' favor. 66-63, to 63, LSU now going on to advance to the Final Four with their win today as well, but... Either way, this was one that came down to the wire. And uh, look, it was a tough loss for Utah. Give LSU credit. They fought hard all game two. But in the end, I'm more focused on what this season overall means for this women's team because, I mean, just what an incredible season it was. I mean, we talked about not losing a game at home, making this deep run to the Sweet 16, being just a few plays overall because no game never comes down to one specific thing. There are so many things over the course of a game that define it. It's easy just to look at like the very last thing and be like, oh, this is the reason that this happened. But you could go back to so many missed shots, turnovers, missed plays. There's lots of things that end up leading to those defeats. And I think sometimes that gets lost in games oftentimes. But either way, it was an incredible season for Lynn Roberts. And the thing that's most exciting about this group, Sammy, is they're all coming back. Possibly. I'm going oh, to I'm I'm caveat okay. that. I'm going to caveat that um, with possibly. You because, you know, like, like, yeah, you said, like, the season was really, really good for this team. But there's always that chance that that Alyssa Peely does decide to, to forego and go to the WNBA. But True. my stance on Alyssa even transfer. I don't yeah. think she's transferring. I, I hope she's not, but like you I just don't said, think she's kind is. of that caveat of like any anyone on the roster, not anyone like, on the roster could transfer. But I, if, we just got to be cautious of that fact. If people transfer on the roster, it's going to be girls who didn't get substantial amounts of minutes. Mm -hmm. Like I, like Peyton McFarland is one that comes into mind, but Peyton 
this she tore her ACL during the Pac-12 champ the Pac-12 tournament last season, mm-hmm. and so she wasn't available for Lynn's team until midway through conference play. So she got back. She played like she didn't play substantial minutes. Like whenever Peely was on the bench, it usually went to Kelsey Reese um, to go mm-hmm. in there. But like I could see a girl like Peyton McFarland possibly transferring out. Mm-hmm. Um, I per- also personally love Peyton McFarland's game a lot better than Kelsey yeah. Reese's. Um, just historically this season, Utah's been in the minus with Reese on the court, whereas a couple of times they've had McFarland on there, they've been in the positive. It hasn't been like 15, 16 in the positive, but they've been like two or three. So that's better than being in the negatives. But mm-hmm. um, I think, honestly, in my opinion, with going back to Alyssa Peely, I think she comes back mm-hmm. just because she had one really good season, which was her freshman season. Then she was hurt. For all of so her freshman season was the 2020 season. So she was fresh Pac 12 freshman of the year. Great, great player, amazing player. She was hurt. She was hurt a lot last season. So less minutes, and that's why she transferred to Utah. And then she has this year where she was Pac 12 player of the year and just tons and tons and tons of accolades. I think she needs another year of film just to prove to the scouts mm-hmm. that this is that this is real and this was not just a one off. Um of like what she can do. And I think, you know, this, this, this roster stays intact. You know, you bring back Jenna Johnson, Gianna Neepkins, Izzy Palmer, Inesh Vieira, like you bring mm-hmm. in, like you keep the, the core of this team together. Um, and you bring in a really good recruiting class. I've talked about this over on Um, You bring in Reese Ross, the number one player in the state of, say, uh, the state of South Dakota, Gatorade player of the year. And you also bring in a girl who has international minutes in Daniela Falcon. Like you have really good talent coming in as well. And so I'm not going to be surprised if maybe one or two girls mm. goes to the portal. But Again, as I mentioned over on Ute Zone, there's been times where people have thought that the world is falling down because the girls have transferred out. Lola Pendante is one who yeah. played a big role in Miami mm-hmm. playing LSU tonight. You have Lola Pendante. You have Brenna Maxwell who transferred to Gonzaga. You have Kenry mm-hmm. Martin who transferred to Cal. Like You have like girls who got substantial minutes for Utah. Yeah, Drew from last season Drew too. Bilton. Well, yeah. she – okay, Drew, Drew's like a – Drew's a different falls in a different category for me because she wanted to go back home and play for one final year for her graduate. That's true. I was more so saying just an important piece from a team that yeah. was absent and the team mm-hmm. was able to still have obviously oh, outstanding yeah. season yeah. without her. Mm-hmm. So Drew, like Drew is like one of those ones that I, I consider like, yeah, it's a big, it's a big loss, but at the same time, like you have to see her reasons. Like she wanted to go oh, definitely, home. Yeah. She wanted to play in front of her family for one final season. Um, but you keep Utah if you Utah keeping this core together, I think is like the biggest part of this whole team. I also forgot to mention uh, Kennedy McQueen, local Utah girl, um, back coming back. And I think, I think that this is not just a one off. That's my my take on this situation. You know, you started seeing it build last year with with how they finished the season, making it to the Pac-12 championship game in the tournament, making it to the tournament, the big dance, and then losing to Texas in the second round. You got further. You got further mm-hmm. ahead this time. You got one round further along, and so I I think that this is going to be a motivating thing for next year. Like we were so close, and like like you said, this is not a microchasm of just one event that led to the loss. Like you know, like yeah. obviously the biggest thing people are going to circle is Jenna Johnson's two yep. missed field goal or free throws late in the game, mm-hmm. but there were so many traveling calls on Utah that that led to empty possessions. Mm-hmm. 
if you don't get those traveling calls, like you are probably, you're probably up. You're probably up a little bit more. And I think at times they kind of took their foot off the gas. Um, I think they said, okay, well, we're, we're up by, we're up by a certain amount. Let's like, mm-hmm. let's cruise now. And I think LSU is one of those teams you do not want to cruise against. Yeah. Especially Angel Reese. You do not mm-hmm. want to cruise against her. Very because true. She will make you pay and she made Utah pay. Um, so I, I think this is not a, a one-off because I, I've sent, I've seen people who are like, this is just a one-off and I've talked about it on Twitter. You bring back possibly your entire roster. You yeah. have a fan base that is bought in all the yes. way now and loves this team. Good coaching. Good, co- great coaching. Yeah. Len Roberts should win mm-hmm. Naismith Coach of the Year, in my opinion. But knowing how this is going to go, it's probably going to go to the Virginia Tech head coach because yeah. they made it to the Elite Eight. Um, but Lynn is Lynn is fantastic. This assistant coaching staff is great. Like, I want to also give a shout out to Gavin Peterson, who's the associate head oh, coach, yeah, because he. He had the scout on the Stanford game for that final game of the season before the Cal game. Like they had the mm-hmm. Cal game and then they had Stanford the next day. He had that scout report ready for Stanford days in advance. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like also like huge is that you have sure. coaches who are wanting to win. Um, you mentioned people leaving earlier, by the way. Like I don't look, he, I'm sure he's very committed to Utah, but like he would make an exceptional head coach anywhere he wanted anywhere. to go as well too. So anywhere, <laughs> it's a great addition having him on the staff. Oh yeah. So I just think that this, this Utah women's basketball team is here to stay, um, for the next bit, I'm going to say, yeah. because this team is so young. If you look at the yes, lineup, that's the you... reason I don't, it's crazy to me that people would be like, it's a one-off just because like, wait, the same pieces are back and mm-hmm. you watch the games. They It wasn't like, this wasn't some, uh, I'm going to, I brought up TCU before, but TCU football was like running field goal units on the, on the field to win games, like yep. borderline, like crazy things that happen, go their way. That was not Utah. Once you don't go undefeated at home by getting lucky. Like that doesn't, no, you happen. don't, you don't beat, be you don't beat Stanford, no. Arizona, UCLA. All was on the line for Stanford too. It wasn't like Stanford was overlooking them. Like no. maybe like when Utah men's team beat the Arizona men's team, that was kind of an example of overlooking this yeah. year. Like basically de facto regular season Pac-12 championship on the line and Utah was able to win a share of that on their court. Like that just, like I said, that just doesn't happen by fluke. Well, and if you look at this Utah roster, you have, you have three juniors in your starting five, mm-hmm. Melissa Peely, uh, Kennedy McQueen or Kennedy McQueen's a sophomore, mm-hmm. uh, two, two juniors, Izzy Palmer and Alyssa Peely. You have three sophomores yeah. in <laughs> Jenna crazy. Johnson, Kennedy McQueen and Gianna Neepkins. Mm-hmm. So you have, that is, that is, insane that you have no they had no seniors that's something else that needs to be talked about they had no (laughs) seniors they did not have a senior day celebration because there were none and that's Mm -hmm. another reason why i think Alyssa's staying is because if she was even thinking about leaving why wasn't she going to be honored for senior day Mm -hmm. that's that's another thing that like uh, that i think just needs to be acknowledged um was that that was that but then if you look at like the bench like i have said this a million times deja young should have been in the consideration for sixth man of the year yes for the pac-12 because what she does for this utah team goes beyond the stat line if you can tell that that team is lagging lynn will throw deja out there (laughs) and deja will get them going um deja wanted to cover Haley jones and cameron brink in that final stanford game like she is willing to take on these tasks and these these like all-star talents and so i think deja young is a very 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 big key 
to this team. And I don't think that's talked about enough, in my opinion, because mm. um, everyone just wants to talk about the fr- the front five and how good they are, which they are fantastic. But her Lynn's bench is really good. You got really Ronnie good. White, who started to cook towards the back end of the season as a freshman. Um, like, yeah, you kind of wish you get a little bit more out of Taya Sidbury at times. But again, she's a freshman. There's going to be some like catching up that needs to be done and Inesh Vieira she was obviously starting at the first half of the season and then Izzy Palmer kind of beat her out for that that mm-hmm. starting job but she plays good minutes when you need her out there she is just she's the shortest girl on the team but she is like an energizer energizer yeah. bunny and she will just she will run around the court and just tire you out um but this team is just it's so deep and it's so stacked like Lynn I can't remember what game Lynn it was but Lynn went 10 deep mm. which is like not something you hear of usually with like a lot of programs someone going 10 deep i mean princeton for example they played all of their five starters so they obviously played utah on a sunday and they played north dakota or nc state on friday they played all five of their girls for between 30 and 40 minutes like they only had like three or four girls that they were subbing in and it was for two or three minutes max like mm-hmm. was what they were what they were registering and i think that just shows the trust lynn has in these girls is that that she's able to go so deep in her roster with it being so young as well it's a very special culture too i mean oh, you yeah. see the chemistry on the tiktoks and everything that are all really fun like look that if this team had bad chemistry you're not doing as many of those kind of videos and that's you're not you're not joking about is. what their their uh what was the one that came out of, right before the right before oh. It was like what their, was some... what their what their problems were. Yeah. Like you're not like, and <laughs> exactly. that's like a joke. That's like a joke TikTok. That's like a meme. Like, mm-hmm. like Lonnie's becoming verified on t- on verified, and then she's a whole different person. Like that, mm-hmm. you don't joke about yes. that if there's also not a sense of trust and a sense of community. Because why would you be poking fun at somebody's insecurities or something that they're doing mm-hmm. if you don't trust them or exactly. if it's coming from a place of like love or respect or whatever? Yeah. But. I yeah. would have paid so much money to hear the North Carolina men's basketball team do one of those off the season. They just that okay. There's a couple of teams that I would have loved to hear yeah. that hear that from. Um, but that is one of them. I there's also a couple of football teams I would have loved to hear mm-hmm. that from as well. All right, Sammy. Final thing before we go into gymnastics. I didn't know if I was going to talk about this or not, but just because now we we're talking about all the exciting things about this Utah women's basketball team, it's just it's still crazy to me that some people can have like not watch a game and then they'll take a twitter clip and oh, then they'll like i know where this is going and question someone's heart or something like that because for the i watched a game where i see two teams competing on both sides and yes obviously we're talking about the thing with jenna johnson so i watched jenna johnson out there battling for her life down low trying to get paint mm-hmm. position time and time again getting thrown on the ground getting back up every time fighting tooth and nail and then someone has the audacity to watch one clip on twitter and then call out someone's i just it's laughable it's disgusting honestly i i don't even like really giving it credit and I'm not going to say who well, tweeted out, but it just, once again, she, Jenna and the entire team battled their hearts out all game long. I think it's unbelievably a joke and just really disrespectful and as much PG as I can keep it to call out a player's heart. Basically. Well, and jumping on that, I also want to commend Lynn for yes. what she oh, did. What a great leader. Because you see her as soon as Jenna miss, like misses those free throws, Jenna is just crying on mm-hmm. this, on the bench. And you see Lynn just like, Put her arm around her and just start yep. talking. And then even post game, Lynn said, "If I had to be in that position again, I would put Jenna back in that mm-hmm. position." You got to remember that th- she is a sophomore. 
She's a sophomore in the Sweet 16 battling yeah. to get her team into the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. For this like the first time since this season. Like the first time since like 2006, I think is the, mm-hmm. like the last time the women's team was in the Sweet Six or the Elite Eight. Yeah. So it's like this is a learning experience for her. And exactly. I bet that if Jenna's in that same position next year, if like if like Sweet 16, Elite Eight on the line, and Jenna's in that same position, I would put money on it that she probably makes Agreed. both of those. Mm-hmm. Because I think I honestly think that that is going to be her motivating factor for next year was I need to prove all these people wrong because they think that I'm this. Mm -hmm. And doubting people who have played Mm -hmm. significant minutes like she has as freshman and sophomore is is not the camp I want to be in. So She was like Pac-12 all first team when she was a freshman. Like, Mm -hmm. that's insane. So it's like you just like just like taking one clip out of context is one of my least favorite things on the planet. Like, I hate it so much. Yeah, we feel the same way about that. And once again, just hats off to the women's team for an incredible season and yes. so many great plays they made all year long. So unfortunately, the women's season for basketball has come to an end. Thanks to Sammy Mora for joining us. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes. I want to remind you guys, for your second listen, you can check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, where host Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you can hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Final Four is here. So make sure you guys listen to Locked On College Basketball to get caught up. The road ends this weekend in March as we finally, or March slash April, I should say, because, you know, it's got that weird March, April kind of deadline thing. But either way, make sure you guys listen and tune into that. We appreciate you listening to today's Locked On Utes. Tomorrow, Brian Brown's joining me to talk a bunch of spring ball stuff and also Utah, a little bit of men's basketball because Lazar Stefanovic decided to enter the transfer portal. So all that and more on tomorrow's Locked On Utes. Thank you again for making us your first listen every single day.